Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, Rush Nation, happy Friday. No, it isn't a time warp. Murph and I are late in your ear holes and we can only apologize for that. We didn't get the waiver wire show out, but as you know, our article hits the website Mondays. So if you saw that, you're in good stead. If you didn't, why not? Go check it out next week. Drops on Mondays. And as of Tuesday, our Waver Wire show will be back. Big man, how you doing, mate? Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy week. Uh, apologies to everyone. So Tuesday, we had every intention of recording. But if uh, those of you that live in and around London and have to use a train uh, will fully understand on Tuesday that it took a long time to get home. To, to put it in perspective, my commute is an hour and a half. It took me four hours to get home. Um, so by the time I got in, it just wasn't feasible for us to record. Um, plus, uh, you know, it, I was pretty wound up and you had to get to work the next day. So, um, that didn't happen. And then we were going to record last night and, uh, life got in the way again, didn't it? So it, it is just, unfortunately, uh, what happens with, with family and commutes and only apologize, but we're here now and we've got an even better show lined up. Um, and planned for the next hour or however long this goes on for. <laughs> I've set the bar high right out the door now. Like, that's it. Well, you know, it's Friday. Fridays are the new Saturdays because Thursdays are the new Fridays. So let's start people's weekends off right, Murph. How, do you send, how does that feel? Sounds perfect. Let's do it, man. 
So it's obviously not a waiver show, Rush Nation. We're going to do some start sits, hit some news, talk about Thursday night. Have I missed anything, Murph? Uh, no, I think uh, yeah. Just and we'll go through some injuries. So we'll we'll talk about some players to keep an eye on on the injury report. We're still getting information on today, so there's some players that we're just saying keep an eye on, um, unless we've officially sort of ruled them out. So uh, you know, just keep an eye on the players that we mentioned for your lineups on Sunday. Yes, sir. So Saquon Barkley, obviously everybody knows he's out for what thought was going to be a longer period than it might well be because he's not going to need surgery. So it'll be about four to six weeks, according to Rap Sheet. Yeah, so he's going to be out and they're by his week 11. So if you're working on the timetable, he's going to be out six weeks. Really, it's eight because I, I don't... Again, a lot of it's going to depend on the, on the record of the the Giants too because if they're kind of out of contention which you would expect with uh, the division they're in uh, especially with the Cowboys um, and even the Eagles picking up a win last night uh, you would kind of expect um, them to be out of playoff contention by about week 9, week 10 so if he's kind of not 100% I can't see them rushing him back they're by his week 11 so I would still be in my head planning to not have Saquon until week 12 yeah that's fair. That's kind of how I'm thinking. So, he, you know, he might come back. He is, after all, a superhuman. So he could come back in four weeks. But if I'm planning my team and I've got a couple of teams with him and we've got a couple of teams with him in, I'm kind of not planning him to be back until pretty much the end of the fantasy regular season, week 12. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know how... We, uh, I traded away Saquon Barkley in my second. I suppose I've got two dynasty leagues that are sort of home leagues to me. And in the Epsom one that I'm in with Murph and uh, Jack from the Paul Brown podcast, I traded Saquon away uh, two, three days before he got injured. Um, I traded him for a two 2020 firsts, a 2021 first, and Kerry on Johnson. And I gave up Saquon Barkley a 2020 second. No, yeah. a 2023rd, a 2024th, and a 2021st third. So I think I did all right there. It would be interesting to know what you guys, Rush Nation, you think of us. Uh, us. Yeah, let us know what you think of us with a review. That would be nice. We haven't had one in <laughs> a little while. But let us know what you think of that trade as well because Murph wasn't 100% sure on it. But no, I think he got great value for it. I. I'm just a, I'm a little worried. I said this to you. I'm a bit worried about Kerryon Johnson long term. Um, I'm just a bit worried about goal line protection or goal line productivity. Um, I'm worried about that Lions offense. Um, but the fact you're going to get and you know you're, you're getting draft picks. I think if it was a wide receiver of this day, that was like a Julio Jones. Or not even that. It's probably not a good example. If that was like a Nuke Hopkins who we could say is the best wide receiver. I'd, I'd really hate that trade. At least as a running back, you know that Saquon's got two, three really good years before. I mean, and this is the thing with Saquon, it could be a bit more, but let's say he's got potentially three years after this. I kind of get the logic, but you're going to have to hit those draft picks. And that's the, the one thing you're kind of gambling a proven commodity for three years for you're going to go and spend on a running back really aren't you kind of telegraphed it so if you do um you're going to have to hit because otherwise it's that that will be what makes or breaks the deal you can kind of analyze it in a couple of years time yeah well i mean i've got three first round picks now so 
I own a fair portion of the first round and the chances of me hitting on one of the good running backs coming out next year is pretty high considering I'm in full tank mode. So I'm going to be, I think I'm going to have the 101, 102 anyway. And then I'll have a couple of later picks just to take dart throws in the first round. So if I can get two top running backs and they turn out to be a bit like Alvin Kamara and I've got two of them, I'll quite happily take two Alvin Kamaras over one Barkley all day long. But we, we have digressed down the rabbit hole, Murph, that no one cares about my fantasy team. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Although I, w- I, will, I will say, fancy is we are in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, we are in the top 180 um, scoring teams overall, even though our record isn't in the top 180 because we lost week one as squeaker. Um, so we are doing rather well in that. Um, they have a leaderboard on scottfishbowl.com and uh, some of the names that we've scored more points than is uh, it's pretty nice. Good little ego trip, but it is only three weeks in. So um, we have to see where we get on. Rubbing shoulders with some of the industry best. Yeah, absolutely. So talking of my fantasy team, I also own Melvin Gordon and he reported uh, Thursday. Yeah, yesterday. And then people were saying, oh, he's not going to play this week. And then all of a sudden news comes out that Justin Jackson's in a walking boot and Melvin Gordon could have a limited role on Sunday. Madness. Yeah. I, I tell you now, as as someone who, who took shares of uh, Melvin Gordon, as someone who uh, got a trade and took him before, I didn't think he'd hold out. I just I thought it was stupid to hold out. And I understand the argument of um, being paid and how much money and, you know, I, I get that running backs aren't paid what they should be. And I'm a full advocate of them in the next CBA getting paid more money. But he didn't have the leverage of um, Ezekiel Elliott, Bell. He just didn't have that kind of leverage because He's not as good as them. He's a great running back. I'm not, but he's he's had one full season in his career, and the Chargers are pretty stacked at running back, as we have seen. They didn't need him, so it, this is kind of a, it's just ended the worst holdout in history. He's finally realised <laughs> actually, but it is because if he'd held out for the whole season, he comes back week ten, he plays you know half a dozen games, right? Then. What happens? He he goes into the free agency market and he doesn't get what he thinks he's worth because he's already turned down 12 million, 10 to 12 million, I think, a year he's already turned down from the Chargers. And I don't think he gets that in free agency. The only way he's going to get that kind of money is to play and it's to go and put an all-pro season together. And I think he's looked at this and gone yeah, I probably need to get back because Austin Eckler is making me look a bit daft. Because you start pointing to it and go, well, if Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are producing what Melvin Gordon was doing or pretty close to it, is it the system or is it the talent of the player? And this is why it was a dumb holdout. It's Zeke. Zeke had leverage because that was a win-now team, uh, a potential Super Bowl contending team. And on top of that, he also had the fact that they had a rookie and no one else behind. Um, and he's an elite talent. He's led the league in rushing. He's led the league in touches and volume. It's like the way offense runs through Zeke. That's a very different argument to the one Melvin Gordon has. So um, Melvin Gordon's done the right thing. He's reported he's coming into a week now. For me, if I was him, I would have probably come back last week. 
sat out last week and then gone ham against the Dolphins because <laughs> they're giving up they're giving up runs they're giving up yards for fun and touchdowns for fun. So if I was him, I'd have come back ready for this week, gone and put up a hundred, hundred and fifty yard game. And yes, okay, it's easy to say that, oh well, you can't just give him that kind of yardage. You can because it's the Dolphins and they're just the worst team to have played in the league in the last 20, 30 years. So you could pretty much take that to the bank with him if he was playing on a full volume, which he would have got had he come back last week. So, and then all of a sudden you think, oh, and then you start getting talking about how much money's worth. You maybe get a trade offer for him. But anyway, that's by the by. I think it's good for him. I think it's good for the NFL. You want the stars of the league uh, to be playing. You don't want this contract rubbish. And I'm glad we don't have to talk about holdouts anymore. Um, we're, you know, we're pretty much done with the holdouts. Um, so let's just hope he gets on the field. He he puts some production on, and we can just enjoy watching him. Absolutely. So fancy Murph, if you've got Melvin Gordon, are you playing him this weekend? Well, so Justin Jackson is the kind of really fast forward, as, as you said, is in a walking boot. So it looks very unlikely he's going to play, which means Melvin Gordon is going to get a role. They say it's a limited role. I think if you've got if you've got a better option. And by a better option, I mean someone who's going to get 15 carries as a minimum. So um, I'm drawing a line at people like Adrian Peterson, uh, Wayne Gorman, who I think gets that kind of volume. Maybe Frank Gore gets that kind of volume, but it is against New England. So um, I think when you're starting to talk about less than that, so you're talking about people that aren't going to get 15 guaranteed carries, that's when I'm starting to think... I might just play Melvin Gordon because if Melvin Gordon gets nine carries against the Dolphins, I fancy him to be more productive than a player who gets 14, 13 carries, even sometimes 15 carries against a team with a good defense. What about someone like, or both the Denver running backs? Would you play Gordon over Lindsay and Freeman? I, I wouldn't only because they catch the ball. So I think that's the only thing. Um, maybe Freeman I'd consider. Lindsay, I probably would play Lindsay. I think here's, here's a reasonable expectation of what you might see if, and this is I'm going with a big if here, if Melvin Gordon sees the field, I can see him getting a seven to ten carries, maybe a, a catch or two in the backfield. Now, Tony Pollard had that kind of volume last week and went for 100 yards in the touchdown. So... He's not going to need a lot of touches if he is in shape and if he's in game-ready mode. Um, and he is 80 90% of what Melvin Gordon normally is. Then you can expect him to put up a reasonable number. But at the same token, you know, he isn't 100%. He hasn't played any games. It does take time to get up to speed. So I would say reasonable expectation for someone like Melvin Gordon is maybe in the 10 to 12 PPR, if he gets that kind of volume without a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd consider <laughs> it, but I'd, it's a tough one because you, you're, there's so many, you can't really model it. So I, I would say if I've got Wayne Gorman, I'm playing him. If I've got Adrian Peterson, if I'm playing him. If I've got Derek Henry, I'm playing him. If I've got, the, then this is where you're starting to get funny. So, so Tony Pollard, I would play Melvin Gordon. If I'm playing, who else is in a bit of a running back by committee? Um, Rashad Penny, if he's fit, then I, I would don't say think he's playing. I don't think Rashad well, Penny's going to play. Yeah, so um, you know, CJ Proceis, for example, I would have Melvin Gordon 
um, if you're really desperate at that sort of running back three kind of spot and you're a bit short on on a bit of quality, then I'd take the chance because worst case scenario, the player you've got in there is only going to get a few points anyway. So yeah, uh, if you if you if your team's rocking and you own Melvin Gordon, maybe leave him out for one more week. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I would say if you don't need to play him, yeah. Um, and a lot of it goes on to you're looking at who you're playing now. You'll get an idea for the projected score. And I know projected scores are projected scores, right? But if you are in serious need of upside and you've got a player in there, like maybe a Justice Hill or, you know, as I said, a Tony Pollard in there, I'd play Melvin Gordon and chase the points because he might all of a sudden just go for two touchdowns and then all of a sudden you're laughing. But if you are projected to win your game, I would just leave leave well alone and just bench him but if you're chasing upside you haven't got anyone better to play stick melvin gordon in because if you're projected to lose then you haven't really theoretically got anything to lose yeah that makes complete sense jalen ramsey isn't playing this weekend but that's because he has given well he hasn't given birth his partner has given birth to their second child uh, and he's officially listed as questionable so he might play yeah it's not officially ruled out that he will not play. He's officially on the um, designations as questionable. Okay. I, I would, I don't think he will play. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. I think, It'd be good for the Denver Broncos if he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you can sit there and say it, it's all about context, right? If this was Jay, the Ramsey, I'm really happy and I'm in a good place and the Jags are winning games, I'd expect him to play. But this is Jalen Ramsey. I want to trade. Oh, no, wait, I've got the flu. No, way, I've got a back problem, which conveniently is the one injury that you can't diagnose through like an x-ray or a doctor's visit. Um, the, the the child thing is, you know, it, it, Doug Marone even came out and said this was talked about months ago that he would go to Nashville when his child was born. He would be there. So, I, you know, you can criticize him for the flu thing and the back thing, but the, the child thing is, is something that was pre-planned. I, I'm, you know, having just become a father myself, I, I fully get that. You saw James White miss a game. I, I listened to a podcast on in the week that chastised James White for missing a game for the birth of his child which I just thought was crazy. I just thought, why? That's why mental. You? Yeah. I, I just thought like, he's like, you only get 16 opportunities a season to, to play. First of all, it's the Patriots. So you get more than 16 anyway, but <laughs> having a child is a, is a pretty special thing. So and, yeah, there's someone that absolutely laid into. And it's James uh, White. I mean, it's not like he's got to go out and prove anything. The guy's a multiple Super Bowl winner. Like, yeah, exactly. Like if yeah, exactly. Guys playing for fun, basically. And what was the game he missed? Oh, um, the Jets. Correct. Yeah, I bet he, he was buzzing Jets, for but, that one. Yeah, <laughs> Donald. Like you're not talking about like he's not missed a big game. And this is no disrespect, Jacks fans, because you, you know where you are. But it's not like he's missed this week, which is probably a bit of a tougher game. He's not missed. Uh, a Baltimore, a Kansas City, whereas I think that might have been some decision as a sports person. Um, yeah, he's missed a check. I feel like, yeah. Same way that if it was the Dolphins. Oh, see you later. Oh, <laughs> Come on. Whoever, whoever that pod was, podcast is, just chill out. 
Yeah, it was a bit bit mental. I was like, uh, if I agree with that. No, I definitely don't. Man alive. So the Steelers have traded a fifth round pick for tight end Nick Burnett from the Seahawks. This was when uh, Vance McDonald was, I think they were more worried than than they needed to be and swooped in and picked Burnett up for a fifth round. But it looks like the Steelers are pretty optimistic that McDonald's going to play Monday night. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what's going on with that because Vance McDonald's has always been injured. He's pretty much been injured the the whole time I've like seen fantasy football, except for a few plays last year. Like he's just he's injury prone. And you know, I think he's just one of those players that he I think you've always got to have cover. I do have some breaking news for you. Go on then. It's on our injury report. Mike Williams has officially been listed as out. Well, I'm pretty sure Sunday. I'm playing him somewhere as well. That means I've got to go through all of my lineups yeah. to find it. So Mike Williams is out. Justin Jackson is out. Virgil Green, if anyone was got Virgil Green, he is out. Travis Benjamin is doubtful. So I don't really know who the wide, who the wide receivers are going to be for the Chargers. Oh, Michael Bagley's out, by the way. Well, I've dropped him. After forgetting that he was on my Epsom roster twice, I've dropped him. He's gone. Yeah, so he, he is out. So their backup kicker might be someone you want to pick up this week. Do you want to know who is their only receiver? Keenan Allen. And do you know, want to know what? I'm playing him this week in my red zone for a yeah. dynasty league. When he got 17, 17 targets last week, so I'd be oh. firing him up. Damn it. So yeah, Mike Williams is out. <sighs> That just came through the Twitterverse uh, notification. No, all good. All good. Okay, Murph, talk me through this Troy Aikman, Mahomes beef. Ah, oh, this is great. So Troy, so basically the Athletic, so the, I don't know, for those of you that aren't familiar, the Athletic is um, a pretty awesome um, paid subscription for sports writers. And they, they've been buying up, like they've been getting all the best talent to, to write for them. And they've just launched in the UK. Um, and they're amassing a real... It's like the creme de la creme of talent of sports writing. Um, anyway, they've got a dedicated like Kansas City athletic uh, Twitter um, following the the team and all the teams in Kansas City. And the athletic Kansas City tweeted, um, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. <laughs> in- <laughs> in which Troy Aikman decided to reply on Twitter, in case you missed it, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. So just just remind me, Murph, how many does he have? Uh, three, right? Uh, I don't know. I, well, yeah, I would have three. guessed three. Yeah, so he's saying basically when you've won the Super Bowl, come talk to me, is what he's saying. There's yeah, a he won three in the 90s. In the 90s. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a fair chance Mahomes has a, a shot at at least one Super Bowl. <laughs> I think I think the thing with, with with Troy Aikman, right? So I started watching NFL in the nineties. I wasn't say I was like glued, like as fan as I am now, right? But I did watch games, and I've gone back and watched more. So around when I was getting into it, I watched a lot of games from the nineties just to get up to it. I used to love ESPN Classic, and I used to have all these Super Bowls, right? So Troy Aikman is basically a guy. He's he was basically the Eli Manning of his generation where he played with a really, really elite defense. And he had Emmett Smith, who's one of the best running backs of all time, if not the best running back of all time. 
he's in that conversation as the best of all time. Troy Aikman was just a guy who was a game manager. He just didn't lose a lot of games. But, I mean, he didn't, he wasn't prolific as a as a quarterback. He didn't he didn't set the world alight. He wasn't massively exciting. If you remember last season, we talked about John Kittner joining uh, the coaching staff somewhere as an offensive coordinator. I think mm-hmm. it was in Dallas. Um, <laughs> John Kittner played for the Bengals and was considered to be worse than Andy Dalton in his career. So, but he was considered like league. He was like the Andy Dalton before Andy Dalton, but he's not as good as Andy Dalton. John Kittner threw for more touchdowns in his career than Troy Aitman. Oh, this Troy Aitman is the pipe down. Yeah, I mean, Troy Aitman's a legend in the sense of he is a um, he's a Hall of Famer. So he, because he's won three Super Bowls and because he was on a good team, and he didn't lose those Super Bowls. There, there is something in that, but. Maybe Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I get I get what he's saying. At the end of the day, the, the Athletic have gone after Troy Aikman and sort of like made a made a jibe and Troy Aikman's kind of just brought himself into this and gone, well, yeah, well come talk to me when he's won one. I mean, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'll probably giving him a call in February after one one. I mean, you ready to talk, son? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> My place or yours. Yeah. I'll bring the ketchup. <laughs> Well, what are we having? Don't worry, I've got ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, I'll stick more breaking news. On it. I've got some oh, real yeah. big uh, breaking news for you for Ian Rapport. This is this is huge, mate. Really, really big. Free agent running back JHI has informed all 32 teams that he is ready for game action and fully recovered from ACL surgery. Oh, go on, Jay. London-born running back JHI. Yeah, I don't know where he's going to land if he lands at all, but. As Murph said, large, huge breaking news. So monitor that one closely, Rush Nation. I was being slightly sarcastic because he doesn't have a team. Yeah, and me too. A bit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Troy Aikman thing. So yeah, all, all good for Troy Aikman to uh, have fun. And he might get a call from Patrick Mahomes in a few months' time. This is my favorite headline of the week, by the way. So you know me, I love headlines. Um, this Daniel, is Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Ovlovsky was a, a quarterback in the uh, National Football League. He's now a reporter for ESPN Live, or he, he basically is an analyst, commentator, whatever you want to call it, for, for ESPN. His statement was, draft will be the key to Dolphins' rebuild. <laughs> That's surprising. I mean, as, as, as statements go, that is true. I mean, I can't argue his logic, that that is a statement that is true. It's full fact. <laughs> did, it, did it need to be? Uh, that's like saying defense wins games. <laughs> Quarterbacks are important. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't know. Do you know what this does, um, though, Murph? This, this headline on ESPN, it gives writers who are aspiring to get into the business hope that one day yeah. they can write for anyone. Because if you can throw that out as an article, then hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there is one more bit of news. Um, in terms of, if you heard the latest with Tony Romo about he might not be working this weekend. What? Why? So Tony Romo is in a golf tournament. He's in an official PGA Tour sanctioned event. Oh, is this the one uh, in Napa Valley? Uh Silverado Result and Spa. I don't know where that is. <laughs> that is in Napa Valley. You've nailed it. Yes. See? 
I knew there so, was a big event in Napa, but I didn't know which one. So he is playing in that. It's an officially sanctioned uh, NFL tour. Oh, um, NFL. PGA. Um, PGA tour event. And he is currently sitting at two under par after the first round. Well, so he might, so if, if he, so if he makes the cut, he won't be there, but if he doesn't, he'll be there. That is correct. Oh, that is incredible. Which, if Tony Romo makes the cut at a PGA Tour event, Wait, that, is, that is incredible. I'm going to have a quick look on my uh, sports book app and see if you can back Tony Romo to make the cut. I mean, I'm going to read out some of the names of players that is that he is currently ahead of in the field. And some of these names, it depends how into your golf you are. Uh, but Hideki Matsum, Matsuyama, pretty well-known golfer. Charlie Hoffman, who's had a number of top fives in majors. Phil Mickelson, he's not bad play. He's won a few majors in his time. Um, Jason Duffner, former major winner. He's uh, ahead of him uh, quite significantly. Um, I'm seeing if there's any other sort of reason. John Daly, but John Daly's a bit of a joke now. Lucas Glover, he's won a major before. He's, uh, he's seven shots ahead of him. So he's not in bad place. So, but having said that, he needs to he, he needs to keep it up. So if he if he can stay stay at that number, uh, maybe go one under again today, he's probably going to make the cut, which would be absolutely incredible. Uh, so is it? Do you know if it's the Safeway Open? It's called. Uh, oh, it's on the yeah. You can get it as a special Romo to make the cut five to one. <laughs> wow. Get your money on Tony Romo to make the cut. That would be uh, that would be some story. The fact that he's two under means that they can put that on as a special because they don't think five to one as well. Yeah, I mean, literally, I think even even Par will probably get him get him to the cut line. Right. Okay, I'm gonna have a little look at that later. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony Romo might not work. They are working on cover um, as to who who will be replacing should uh, should he make the cut. But yeah, that's just one for you sports fans if you're watching uh, and it's the CBS game of the week and you don't hear Tony Romo, it might be because he's playing golf. And if he is playing golf, make sure to stick it on and support him because that is awesome. Yeah, right. that is pretty pretty incredible to, to do that. It shows you how talented he is to yeah. pick it up and do that. I've seen some videos of Romo playing golf and he's pretty good. I mean, he must be pretty good to be two under in a professional event anyway. But I was about to say, it, that that's basically along the lines of uh, draft will be key to the Dolphins' rebuild. <laughs> Shut up, comparing me to that trash. How dare you? <laughs> Tony Rover Tony Rover is not bad at golf. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe I understate. Maybe I undersold it. Anyway, talking of golf, we had uh, a Young's uh, Brewery event at work today, and they had a load of paraphernalia around the golf course, like coloured rams, and because they've just launched the new uh, Indian Pale Lager. I don't, okay. know, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called uh, Head, El, Head On, and its its slogan is like Head On Tackle London or something like that. And it's not actually in pubs yet, and they were doing sort of a promo day at work, and they had a uh, black cab all painted up outside the clubhouse that had a bar in the back, and there was someone pouring pints of this stuff. It is delightful. Let me tell you, at 10 o'clock this morning when we had breakfast, we had a pint, and it was unreal. Ah, drinking on the job. Nice. Yeah. We only normally get Casual. it at birthdays as well, but today, because we were 50% of the staff down, we just thought, why not? So it was good. Yeah. Enjoyed it. That is a banging day. Yeah. So <laughs> it, if you see it out there, 
you uh, or Rush Nation. It's Indian Pale Lager. I think it's called Head On, something like that. It is really good. Nice and fruity. It's a good summer beer. So why they're bringing it out now, I don't know. But anyway, let's uh, let's get back on track, Murph. Let's talk some players to monitor for the injury report this weekend. Fire the cannons. Let's start with the Buccaneer. Chris Godwin hadn't practiced up till today. Any advances? Yeah, yeah he played. He he may practice today, so um, he is going to be most likely fit, um, which would be good. He, he's coming off a game that wasn't his absolute finest. Uh, last Sunday, but I'd expect him to get more involved against the Rams and think he, I wouldn't be too worried about him starting on Sunday. So let's stay with another wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. Quad injury, doubtful. Uh, I think he's actually now out. Um, I've just moved him out of the lineup on fan tracks because he had the out designation, so I would assume that that is true. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking now, just double-checking that. Um, to see what his official designation is. I mean, if he is out, that doesn't do Jacoby Brissett any favours whatsoever. I'm just going to Colts, who's in, who's out. Um, Darius Leonard's out. Yeah, he missed last week as well. He's not officially been ruled as out yet. Do you know what? If that is, if he's not out and I've moved him out of my lineup and don't check again and he plays, I'm going to be. It wouldn't surprise me because fan tracks have been dubious to say the least. Yeah, I don't see him officially as I don't see him officially as out yet. I see him as a full mean, go. <laughs> well no, he he did he hasn't practiced. He's doubtful. But then TY sometimes never practices. Absolutely. So I don't he is he does not as of right now have an official out designation. Uh, Mike Williams sorry about Mike Williams is out. I think Damian Williams might be out as well. Uh, I'll tell you now. Uh, while you're looking that up, I'll carry on. Amari Cooper uh, had a MRI on his ankle, came back negative. Was day-to-day, practiced two-day, which is good. Rashad Penny's hamstring has not practiced. Devin Singletary returns to the practice field. Cam Newton had a fight with some lady called Liz Frank, and she won, and he's out. For a while with Liz Frank injury. That was a bad joke. Apologies, everybody. Uh, Damien Williams is out. Okay, cool. He's been officially 48 minutes ago. He was listed as out. Fire up your Shady McCoys. Yeah, he's he seems to be practicing. And also your Daryl Williams is. Yes, not to not to be mistaken with Damien. <laughs> no. Well, I, I'm just going to say this now, that someone did pick up a reasonably large chunk of Daryl Williams yesterday uh, or yesterday uh, on Sunday when it was leaked that he could be the starter on Sunday and uh, he won me a few games this week so and won us a couple of games also oh nice I was gonna I was gonna rip into you there for starting very modest modern modestly is it what you, you what? started by saying someone and then finished it with won me games so I was gonna rip into you there but <laughs> you saved yourself by saying it won us games so well done Murph. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a few games having Daryl Williams in yes, uh, last week. So, yeah, be ready to have him. Last week's best wide receiver sensation, Taylor Gabriel, is in the concussion protocol. Don't know whether he has cleared that yet or not, no? Uh He has not as of yet. Okay. Danny Amendola, chest likely to play. Aaron Jones, shoulder will play because he played last night. I can confirm I that 100%. Yeah, Julian Edelman, chest likely to play. 
Dallas Goddard, did he play last night? I think he, yeah, he did. Uh, Vance McDonald, we mentioned him earlier, shoulder injury, the Steelers are optimistic. Case Keenum foot status is uncertain, but a few things I heard today suggest that he's probably going to play. And then Jordan Reed is still in the concussion protocol. I reckon that guy should just hang up his cleats, man. Like, I, d- I don't understand what he's trying to do at this stage. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be playing him at all. Um, I don't know why he would be under any consideration to play. He, he is someone who's under severe risk of uh, not. Um, basically not having a career like he's, he's officially been ruled out now um terry mclaurin has has appeared on the list as what questionable questionable damn it isn't he not the first rookie in nfl history to have five receptions and a touchdown in his first three games or something yeah That's... which is crazy yeah i'm seeing yeah, so he he's officially this is questionable. So keep an eye on that, sports fans. Um, for Terry McLaurin, I wasn't sorry. Excuse me, wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> um, there is breaking news that um, the Eagles are bringing back uh, Orlando Scandrick. Hmm. They're signing him, so he was with them over the summer, and they cut him, and now they're bringing him back. I guess they have some severe concerns over Ronald Darby, um, who hasn't played for much of the season, so. Yeah, he is coming back to the Eagles. Yeah, I heard somebody told me uh, earlier that the Eagles are interested in Jalen Ramsey as well, but I'm not sure on that. No, I'm. I don't think they've got the cap room. No, they're they're tight on the they're tight on the cap room. They're I on mean. the bubble. Yeah, I don't think that will that will will happen. The market just moved a smidge on Tony Romo. Just so Rush Nation is <laughs> fully aware, up to date. I'll keep you monitored throughout. Okay, Love that. so the website was pretty good this week, Murph. We had some decent stuff drop this week. Waivers landed on Monday. Then uh, you'll stream the stream or I streamed a stream on Tuesday. Was that dropped Tuesday or Monday? That's correct. Around then, yep. And then you dropped an absolute <laughs> banger. Starts, sits, and everything in between, which we are going to use in a minute when we tell you who to sit and start. Uh, Ash dropped an, another top rookie watch article. I really enjoyed this week's one. And then today, a little while ago, I believe, Murphy? Yeah, a few hours ago. A few hours ago, my wide receivers to watch out for because they're in good match, well, bad matchups with corners as it goes. It's uh, picking corners that take wide receivers away for fantasy games. So go check those out if you so wish or just go check them out anyway because they're all decent reads and we enjoy writing them for you guys, if not just for ourselves, but it's nice when other people read your work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so we got some amazing feedback to some of the work we did this week. Um, and, th- and thank you so much for interacting with us and, and getting involved. Um, we share it all out on Twitter first. So, you know, come onto the website, obviously, but also feel free to just follow what we do on Twitter and uh, we share all our work on there. Um, we got some, some really good responses this week and, and we are still looking for writers. So, you know, if you are interested, um, you know what we're looking for and you know we've had a couple of people sort of message say what we're looking for we're looking for something that's we're looking for articles that just they we're not looking for storytellers we're not looking for someone who's sitting there and painting us a good soliloquy of um of what's going on we're looking for people who are going to come in and and give strong opinions and back that up with some form of analytics or statistics um so that might be 
certain players, certain teams, um, coaching schemes, anything like that, anything that's going to inform and enlighten a reader. And, um, you know, you're going to get someone like us who will challenge you. Um, we challenge you because we want it to be good. Um, so, you know, thanks to people who have submitted some work to us already. Um, some of it was really good. It wasn't quite what we we're looking for. Um, and some of it just didn't really, I didn't really, like we just didn't get what it was or what it was trying to do. So, you know, we're not trying to put anyone off. We'll, we'll read anything. We'll offer some really good advice. But if you're someone who has strong opinions and can back them up with statistics and analysis, um, that's who we really want. We want people who are going to um, give us something and actually teach teach the readers uh, and, and you guys something. So that's who we're looking for. So if, you, if you're that person, get in contact with us and we'd love to have you. Exactly. I mean, come on, let's, you know, we've got one of the listeners, uh, Andy Pitts, is in the One Point PPR Listener League and he writes a league review and then a league preview for each week. And it's not long. It's just a, a, a summary of each matchup and there's a bit of smack talk in there. Murph and I got a hiding for the first couple of weeks, but we broke the duck. We got a win last week, which always feels good against the listeners. Um, so, you know, he just submits that to us and, and we enjoy it. So we stick it on the website and it goes out in the little group chat for that league and everybody has a bit of banter about it. So, you know, if you're in one of the listener leagues and want to do the same thing, submit it and there's a good chance because it's when the listener leagues will we'll throw it out there. Absolutely. And and Ash was someone who we was just a listener. He listened to the podcast, he interacted with us, joined our listener leagues. Um, and then, you know, he's someone that said, actually, I've I've written two articles somewhere else before. And I said, well, send us what you've written. And now he's writing bangers every week. And now he's hosting the Monday Night Takeover show. So um, the great thing about this is is if you write to us and there's – something there that we really enjoy that role can easily expand um look at ash and you know there'll be room on that podcast there'll be room on other podcasts that we do to to come on so it it's not something that will happen immediately it's something that is earned but if you come on and you you smash it early um write some really good content and, and just get really out there then you know, at the end of the day, we if you if this is something you want to explore, maybe not necessarily as a career, but as a paid hobby, we're a good launch pad for that. We're not ever gonna say that um you should write for us till the end of time or anything like that. At the end of the day, we're just someone who is you know, we're we're just people who love the game. We want to interact with people who love the game. And if you have a passion and you want to take it further and maybe one day even earn a little bit of beer tokens and money out of it, then, you know, we're a good starting point. Yes, sir. I, uh, you know, I forgot what I was going to say, Murph. I had a really good point to make there and have completely forgotten. That's annoying. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, mate. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know what happened. That's weird. I was thinking this is a good point to make, and Murph was talking, and then uh, I know. I know what it was. I'm back, Rush Nation. Sorry about that, Ash. I've got a bone to pick with you, mate. This is again fantasy related. So if you don't want to hear about my college team for the next 45 seconds, go and make a tea or something. But Ash, you were playing the guy. I'm top of the league. I would like to say that four and zero, smashing everybody. And last week, Ash took on second place, and I thought, oh, he's going to beat second place here, and I'll get a gap. I'll be, I'll be ahead in the league by a gap. But 
Ash collapsed and I, he didn't beat the second. So I thought, I thought you were going to do me a solid, Ash, and, and set me free at the top of the league on my own, but you didn't. So let's just that's hope. Sure, that's surely better for you. No, it's not because I'm now, there's two teams on four and oh. Right. But it's created a gap to the rest of the playoff spots. I would have liked to have just been on the top spot, not winning by points four, but because I'm the only undefeated team. Yeah, but now you've got a bigger gap to the playoffs. So you're one game closer to the playoffs than you were if Ash had won that game. Am I? Well, yeah. Because let's say, for example, you, you are 4 0, then you have a 3 and 1, or 2 3 and uh, 1, yeah, and then yeah, 2 yeah. and 2. No, and then you've got 2 4 and 0s and 2 2 and 2s, or 2, you know, do you know what I mean? Like you, your gap to the playoffs is, has increased in terms of you're much closer to the playoffs than you were. If the teams are to leave, effectively what you want is you and this other guy to run away to with it. Correct, and then it doesn't matter who comes first or second because then you battle it out in the playoffs. And you don't I win know. anything for winning the regular season, my friend. No, I know that. I know that. I very rarely ever get a, a number one buy. <laughs> ever. Yeah, I got <laughs> I one last year. Yeah, I got most of my leagues as the three, as a three seed. Yeah, like, that's fair. All right, Ash, Murph saved you there. You've still got your job on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do some start sits, Murph. Yeah, let's do it. Where should we even start quarterbacks? We might as well run down the list. We'll start with all the starts and then we'll finish with all the sits. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So uh, I've gone for Daniel Jones, having watched a, a lot of him last week. Um, so I you know, have to eat a bit of humble pie, pie here. I've made some crass and... Uh, Pretty quick assumptions of of Daniel Jones uh, when he was taken six. It's not like I didn't think he was a good quarterback. I just didn't understand why he was taken at six. But uh, at the end of the day, he he had a great debut. Um, you know, throwing for over three hundred and thirty yards and getting four touchdowns. Um, we did. You know, at the end of the day, he's someone that we've kept an eye on. Uh, we looked at this uh, and we put him in our waiver wire column this week. Because uh, with what he can do with his legs, he gives you a bit of a safe floor. He's definitely a solid upgrade on on Eli. Um, But this week in particular, he faces the Washington defense. And Mitch Trubisky has been nothing short of awful this season. Absolutely terrible. And he threw for three touchdowns uh, on Monday night against this Washington defense. Um, And at the end of the day, they just kept giving uh, Chicago short field all night long. And, And I don't expect Daniel... Daniel Jones to get the same because Chicago D's, I don't know if you've heard, they're pretty all right. <laughs> um, whereas the, the Giants' defense isn't. But at the end of the day, you've got a player here in in Daniel Jones who uh, he can do it with his legs. That Washington defense is a bottom five D. Um, they've got a lot of issues there. And I just see them running away with it and getting, and also without Saquon getting 20 rushing attempts a game that ball's in the air a lot. So for me, if you've got Danny Dimes, the only reason I'm not starting him is if I've got the following quarterbacks. Mahomes. uh, (laughs) You can't stop there. (laughs) No, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Philip Rivers, Deshaun Watson. And even then, I think actually Daniel Jones will finish above Deshaun Watson this week. I'm saying that now. Uh, I don't like Watson's matchup. Um, yeah, I, I I think outside of... I, I think Daniel Jones is around about 8-9 this week. So, you know, I, I think if you're playing, say, Jared Goff, 
that's where I'm starting to think mm, maybe, maybe not. If you're if you've got Baker, I'd probably drop Baker. Um, Matty Ice would probably play against Tennessee. I think he can put up some damage this week. Um, shall yeah, I tell you? Would... Shall I tell you? In your, I've got your rankings in front of me, Murph, and you only have six people ahead of Danny Dimes this week. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Patrick Mahomes. There you go. It's pretty decent. I I just think the matchup is I think is is great. I think that's the yeah. I think that's what's important. I think the you know what you'll see when you go on to fantasy pros is you'll see people and they do their rankings, and they just go, you know, they just they pick the players and based on what they expect in their volume. I really I almost overcompensate for matchups. Like overcompensating. So some weeks, like week one, I get it absolutely spot on. You know, everyone was like, I can't believe Lamar Jackson is the the number one uh, quarterback in fantasy football this week. But that's where I ranked him because I just saw the matchup was so bad. Like it was perfect for him. Like he had no choice but to go off. <laughs> um, I just think, yeah. So I think Danny Dimes is, yeah, seventh. Seventh this week, eighth. Wouldn't shock me if he's anywhere in that realm. So feel confident starting him. Yeah, I've got him at 10, so I'm not too far behind you. And again, I like his matchup as well. My first start is James Connor. Now, it was actually on the article. Miles Sanders is on there, but he played last night and did all right. So if you started him, you didn't do too bad if you started Miles Sanders. But on that, this is what annoys me sometimes, is the reasons I said start Miles Sanders is because the Green Bay run defense is poor. They've been giving up 33 points per game on average to running backs, and they gave up over that this week. So the analysis was absolutely spot on, but I never in, in, ever envisioned a world where Jordan Howard would get three touchdowns. Ever. Well, no, no one did. So, <laughs> it's not so, like you were miles away. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like what you did there, miles. <laughs> Thanks. It took me a while. I've been thinking about that ever since I said James Conner. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think the analysis was right, but the person was wrong. It happened. I'll live with yeah. it. You got half the half of it right. Plus <laughs> <Pass> from credit. <laughs> so yeah, I, tell you, I mentioned James Connor. That man, the Steelers are a little bit of a mess right now. And if anybody needs to get right game, it's James Connor. So PFF, according to PFF, Connor is tracking last in tackles broken amongst regular starting running backs. So. He's going down on first contact way too often. And it's like tackling me. So, and everybody knows I'm tiny and that wouldn't be difficult to do. So, but this week he's got two things that are going in his favor. Firstly, Connor has Mason Rudolph under center. Now, Mason Rudolph only threw two passes ahead of the line of scrimmage last week. Uh, both did go for a touchdown. Um, that's going to help because Mason Rudolph is not looking down the field and somebody who isn't going to be down the field is James Connor. So there's going to be more opportunity there. And then secondly, he's facing the Bengals and the Bengals are not good against running backs in 2019. They've allowed 34.5 PPR fantasy points per game to running backs in 2019. Ah, man, this stat's even worse. And then they've conceded 174 yards to running backs. So that is both rushing and receiving. So if you're playing a PPR league, that's even better for you. And then nearly two touchdowns a game. So if you are a running back playing the Cincinnati Bengals, you should do well. If James Connor doesn't do well, 
I don't know why. I think it's because the Bengals blow away the Steelers and then the Steelers are in all sorts of zero, naught and four trouble. Yeah. We've yeah. got Connor as a star and he should be a star and you will play him. I'd go as far as to say that if James Connor doesn't produce this week, then I'm I'm at the point where I'm very, very, very concerned as a James Connor owner as to his outlook going forward for the rest of the season because there are some games that are basically lollipops. You're turning up, you're getting your lollipop for, for doing your job. And this should be one of those games. I'm not saying that Steelers are going to win the game, although I think they will. They should. Um, <laughs> but they should win this game. There's enough talent on there. And I just think for me, they're at home. They've had a difficult start. They've played good football teams. I think that's what people haven't quite grasped with the Steelers. I mean, like, they, they lost the 49ers. The 49ers are clearly better. And they and also that defence, five turnovers they they got last week on the 49ers. Mm. It just was it was just schemed badly on offense. I just think James Conner, this is a game that's gets right. Um, but that 49ers D is good. They played the Patriots. That D is scary good. Might be one of the best defenses we've seen for a long time. Mm. So I think it's a, and then they played the Seahawks who are a good D like at the end of the day, all three teams they played have had really good defenses. I'm not saying like elite. I mean, I'd say new England is elite, but the other two are good. They're good defenses. The Bengals are trash. They're trash on defense. So this is the time for James Conner. This is the game that you've been waiting for to keep going. So um, I fancy, I fancy James Conner to, to repay some faith back to fancy owners this week. Where are you going, Murph? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take Sterling Shepard. So Sterling Shepard is fit. um, Tick. (laughs) And therefore you have to start him because he's going to get so much volume this week. I mean, the volume is going to be scary. There's no Barkley. There's no Tate. He, it's going to be between him, him and Ingram are basically going to get all the balls. (laughs) There's not going to be anyone else. You might get Fowler if he's fit, might get one or two. Um, Slayton might get one or two, but ultimately it's Ingram. Goldman might get a couple out of the backfield, but it's it's Shepard, it's Ingram. If those two just are absolute must starts, and then we've talked about Washington, they've given up the most points to wide receivers so far in 2019 <laughs> in fantasy. Um, and it, you know, Shepard on Sunday against the Buccaneers, he had nine targets, which led the team. He converted that into seven receptions for 100 yards and a TD, and then got 21 rushing yards. So you've got a high-volume receiver who's coming off a productive game, who's going to be playing at home against the worst passing defense in the league from a fantasy perspective. Like, do you need any more convincing that this guy is someone you have to start? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this is literally, like, the perfect game. Like, Sterling Shepard could go off on one um, I would do. still say he's probably more likely like a wide receiver too only because there's some wide receivers that just have proper lollipop games and with elite talent quarterbacks going to them but I do think that he could be in that conversation for low end wide receiver one but wide receiver two so he's a must start absolutely I'm just looking so Sterling Shepard is currently pretty cheap on DraftKings if you fancy a little DFS play he's 5,800 so I, I would I would go as far to say that anybody in this game, from both sides of the ball, you should be playing. I'm not a DFS expert. I don't really play DFS. No, me either. I'm just looking to see how much it was worth. If you needed to save a few quid on a wide receiver, I don't think I think he's pretty decent value. 
yeah, I, I'd be playing anyone. Um, I'd be playing anyone from either side. I think you'd be, you'd be, if you need a cheap option, this is the game. I think this game's going to have a lot of points. Wouldn't surprise me if you see 50 points in this game. Well, that is high. Talking of points, my next start, Will Disley. He's uh, averaged a touchdown a game so far this season, and he's got the opportunity to extend that record against the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, uh, they're pretty terrible against the tight end. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that, but Greg Olson, TJ Hawkinson, and I'm missing somebody here, Murph. But they've all gone absolutely ham. They have Mark Andrews and, uh, Mark Andrews. Um, and uh, Hayden Hurst. Both did number combined. Yeah, so yeah, they've allowed over 200 yards and four touchdowns to tight ends this season through three games. The touchdown figure is the most allowed by defence to tight ends. Disley has health issues in the past, but it, some crazy injury as well he came back from and looks to be completely fit and healthy. And then don't forget, Nick Vanette is no longer at the Seahawks. There's nobody else. It's Will Disley. Russell Wilson appears to be targeting him a lot. And unless you own Kelsey, Ingram, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, maybe Austin Hooper, I, I think you play him over everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. I So in the column, I even wrote, you have to start him over Zach Ertz. What yep. is Zach Ertz return last night? Seven for 65 with no touchdowns. I think that's Will Disney. If like if Will Disney gets a touchdown, which I would expect him to, he's going to overcome. He's going to overtake Zach Ertz. That was seen as quite a hot take, but you know, the only thing that goes for Ertz is his volume in catches. That's it. That's all he gets. Like yards and touchdowns, he's he's not getting them this year. Yeah, I've just seen the first sit, Murph. It's made me sad. Is it really? Yeah, it's made it makes me, me sad. sad. So. so- We'll, we'll, we'll get you up to speed, Rush Nation. We've got a group chat. As you can imagine, we don't use carrier pigeons. We, uh, we're, we're modern people at Five Yard Rush. And Murph suddenly proclaimed that Josh Allen is his boy and he wants to get a jersey. And I took it further saying, like the uh, around the league, they always pick a team for, for their podcast. The, the season Five Yard Rush have officially declared the Buffalo Bills as our team. Five Come, on the, Bills. Come, on, Come the Bills. on, the Bills. Come on. I would I would like to point out last season I I I did push for a signed Josh Allen Matt Black Bills helmet which was sexy and and Murph shot me down because Josh Allen last year was was not on his team uh, but that's turned around so I am now in the market again for a Josh Allen helmet for the studio yeah at the end of the day right so my issue with Josh Allen wasn't it, it was the fact that I just didn't think he was. He he was elite. I just thought he just had this cannon arm. But do you know what I like about Josh Allen? It's not he's not got much better for me. It's not like all of a sudden it's the, it's not like he's become this worldly talent that I've just gone. Oh, I've got him wrong. He's, he's what I like about him is I love his attitude. I just love, do you know what? There's just some people that you can't help watch on a football field and just go. I really want him to win this week because he just really badly wants to win, and. You saw it against the Jets, you know, bad start, um, you know, and he leads him to victory and he's like, got it by the scruff. And he's like an old fashioned English centre half captain. He's like, come on, boys, let's have this. Come on, we're not having, we're not losing to them today. And that is what I love. I love that about Josh Allen. He did it last week uh, against the Bengals, you know. Did he beat one against the Jets? You know, I know these aren't great teams, right? And I know that he's not putting up 
stupidly big fantasy numbers, but he's the quarterback nine on the season. But he's playing this week. He's got the he's got the uh, the Patriots, and that is a scary, scary prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is that is you know something you've got to really consider. Um, oh, by the way, breaking news as of a few minutes ago, Matt Stafford has popped up on the injury report with a hip. Uh, he was limited in practice, and he's listed as questionable for Sunday. Oh, Matty Stafford! So he's another quarterback that could go down. Yeah. So the reason why Josh Allen is a sit this week, I, I, I love him. I think he's a, as I say, he's that quarterback I want to root for, but the Patriots defense have not allowed a passing touchdown this season. Um, they're going to dial up the pressure. They're going to take away Allen's downfield options. And they've given, the Patriots defense has only given up 5.9 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this year. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. That's so low. I mean that is I mean that's silly though, considering that they faced Big Ben, uh Ryan Fitzpatrick and all right, Nick Nick Falk. <laughs> but but the first two, like for what they've done historically from fantasy is crazy. Um I just think he's got a very, very small ceiling. Um, I think they'll just shut him down, pen him in, and I just don't think you're gonna get a big number out of him. So I like others over him this week and therefore think that He's someone you should sit, but I love him going forward. Definitely don't drop him. Just sit him on your bench. Find a nice little spot for him. Do you know what else I like about the Bills? Their defense, man, are they tenacious? Oh, we but we said it, didn't we? We said it. We said if you're looking for a defense that people aren't going to draft, um, and you're going to wait until the last round, we said pick up the Bills defense. They're someone that nobody's going to really pick, but they're going to be top ten this season, and we've been proven right once again that they're a really good solid. Team. Do, you, and do you know what the Bills? Here's why I like the Bills. Other than Josh Allen and everything, they're just well coached. They're not in the news for all these holdouts, um, silly wild antics sort of things going on. You know, they're just they're just people who get the job done. You know, they're honest, hardworking professionals. John they Brown. Are, they just, are fighters and they're working yeah. as a team and And they're well coached, they're well drilled. Yep. Sean McDermott, a young coach, you know, took him to the playoffs in his first year. He, you know, everyone talked about how bad that Bills team was last year, and he still got five, six wins out of them. Like, they, they just don't know how to quit, and they, they're a sneaky outside bet for the playoffs. I'm not and, looking. I'm not looking at the sports book again, Matt. I can't do it. No, but they are. They're sneaky up there, and I think you know they will lose some games, and they're not going to win the division. But I just think they're going to be a fun team to watch because they've just got fighting spirit there. They're like the underdogs, aren't they? They're, they're not necessarily blessed with the best players and the biggest talent, but they've got probably the best work ethic in the league. They get yeah. the maximum out of their talent. They do. Talking of sportsbook, the odds on Tony Romo are currently still 5-1. to one. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so let's move on to one of the most disappointing rookies of the season so far. It's David Montgomery, Bears running back. He's just not seen the opportunity that we expected him to see. And then this week, he's got the pleasure of going against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have been pretty good against the run. In fact, the Vikings have just been pretty good on defense overall. But they've only conceded one rushing touchdown all season. Montgomery struggled against the Redskins. He didn't get much headway against the Packers that we mentioned earlier because their run defense is pretty porous. And he's currently averaging only 4.0 yards an attempt and just one touchdown over the season. He's going to find it tough sledding against a good team, but he's also got to be part of the Bears' offense that, as Murph mentioned earlier, 
is not captained by a very good quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. So arrows are not pointing up for David Montgomery. Don't drop him, but I think he has to be benched this week. Yeah, I think Montgomery is a player that going forward, I'm just concerned about volume. I'm concerned about goal line touches. Um, What really concerned me about that game um, against Washington was the amount of times they got inside the five, inside the three, and they're chucking the ball to Taylor Gabriel for a touchdown. Like it's that's not a good look. That that says there's not a lot of confidence in him as a goal line back. He's not getting the volume. I mean, everyone the ball has called him opportunity, thinking that he was going to get all these amazing opportunities, and it just hasn't developed. So, do you know? Do you know what's good about that nickname? Well, if he didn't get the opportunity and they called him opportunity, he can be you know compared to a floor mop now. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, or definitely sit David Montgomery. I can't find a case to to play him this week unless you really have no one else. And you might as well. He's someone that if it was him or Melvin Gordon, I'd take Melvin Gordon. Ooh, spicy. Okay, that that's how down I am on him. I'll take a guy with like six to six to ten rushing attempts over over him. So yeah. I'm I'm going to pick someone that is going to be slightly controversial only because I know a lot of people aren't going to sit him only because they probably don't have anyone better. Uh, and that's Todd Gurley. So Todd Gurley, um, most people slept on him, uh, but he did get drafted in the top two rounds in most fantasy leagues. Um, we were very confident on him. Now, I'm not saying drop him or sit him this week because of the quote-unquote injury or quote-unquote, uh, you know, the, the receiving volume. I mean, the receiving volume is a slight concern. I think he gets better. You know, he's not been terrible. He's been... Running back two this year. Um, he's someone that you play most weeks. But this matchup absolutely stinks for him. It absolutely stinks. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the leading run defense in the NFL. Now, let me say that again to all you listeners who don't understand how bad the Tampa Bay defense has been for the last few years. The Tampa Bay defense is the number one ranked run defense in the NFL. There's 32 teams. They're ranked first. Like they, This is the biggest transformation in a defense we will ever see in our lifetimes because they were terrible against the run last year. Um, they're conceding a, a, a league low 2.71 yards rushing per attempt so far this season. That's like half our podcast. Yeah, half our <laughs> podcast. Oh, here, here are the running backs that they've held to this total combined. Murph, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna curse this, mate. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breeder, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Wayne Coleman. Like that Wayne Goldman sort of ruins it. Well, yeah, I know. I debated with whether I was going to throw it in, but he played three quarters of a game, so well, half a game. So I figured I'd better put him in. When you uh, after the first time you played Christian McCaffrey and shut him out, you sent me the list of the players who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are facing. Have to shut out. Yeah, and I was like, if that happens, there is a T-shirt, a fantasy T-shirt, lined up there. That is, it's written in the stars, and so far so good. To put it in perspective, they haven't conceded 80 rushing yards total to all of those running backs. Really? Yeah. 78, 79 rushing yards they've conceded all season. Good God. Through four games. (laughs) That's why you don't start Tuck Gurley, because he's not getting the passing volume. And you've got that defense. You've got Vita Vea. You've got... Uh, and Domagun you know, they're just absolutely crushing it in stopping the run. Uh, William I, Goldston's in there. Like, they, they just absolutely stop it. They're making quarterbacks go and win games. And Danny Dimes, all right, you can talk about the fact that the kicker missed 
missed his kick, etc., and the the delay of game and all that, right? But at the end of the day, Danny Dimes had to have an absolute blinder for them to even have that chance, to even be ahead for that situation. Um, you know, week one, Winston threw interceptions. He ran two picks. They ran two pick sixes back. That's why they lost the game. Um, you know, week two, they stopped Cam. They win the game. And they, well, they stopped, they stopped Christian McCaffrey. Cam couldn't do anything. They win the game. And that is the key to their success all season. They're just going to stop all these running backs and go to the quarterback. You're either going to beat us or you're not. And Danny Dimes, for the most part, pretty much did that. So Jared Goff is going to be, it's going to be on him to try and beat um, the Tampa Bay defense because I think Todd Gurley et al. are all going to get shut out. Yeah, it's true. I'm going back to back Bears. I've said a running back, I'm going to take a wide receiver. And this links perfectly in with my wide receiver lockdown corner article, Murph, because I start off by talking about Xavier Rhodes because I absolutely love the dude. I love the Vikings defense. I love the whole protect the North. I love everything about them. And then Xavier Rhodes, I love the fact he has his own slogan, like all roads closed. It's just perfect. And the fact that Alan Robinson has to go and match up against Xavier Rhodes this week is not great. You know, as much as David Montgomery was a fade, Robinson is a huge fade. In the games in which he's played and completed in 2018, his second worst performance was against Rhodes and the Vikings. Coming off the back of a 133-yard game, Rhodes restricted Robinson to three receptions for 39 yards last year. That's absolutely nothing. It's, it's almost 39 yards. If you're not playing in the PPR league, those three points, you're getting 3.9 points out of your wide receiver one or two. Like, Even worse than the PPR league, you're getting 6.9. Exactly. You might as so, well start Trey Quinn or uh, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, because they'll just get that many catches without the yards. Yeah, even if they catch it and stand still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Catch it, go out of bounds. Yeah. So, Mitch Trubisky is not good. The Bears, are, I think, the Bears are going to really struggle against the Vikings this weekend. So, if you have to play a bear, we pray for you. And if you don't, please don't. <laughs> Do you know what? Even if they win the game, I think it's going to be so low scoring. Like, their defense is going to have to go and win this game. Like, if they win this game, it's going to be, like, 17 points to 12 or something like that. Like, yeah. it's going to be I – can't, I can't see a road to where the Bears score more than 20 points. And then, so you look at – right, so you break it down. Like, they're going to score 20 points. So you put that as two field goals and two touchdowns. Okay? Maximum. This is, for me, their ceiling. So then where are their two touchdowns going to come from? So they haven't run in a touchdown this season. Um, oh, I think they've run in one. So realistically, they're going to come through the air. So then who's getting the red zone targets? Taylor Gabriel, for the most part, is getting those. And yeah, when but he's, he's out. Well, he's questionable. And if not, Tyreek Cohen's getting them. So Alan Robinson isn't getting a lot of red zone love. Um, so that's the worry. So I don't see a path. He's so touchdown dependent this week. <laughs> that's what I'm... Like, I just don't see a path to where he... The, well, I do. His path to success is he scores a touchdown against Xavier Rhodes. That's it. That's that's how he wins. And if I'm in a situation where I'm sitting there thinking I need him to get a touchdown against one of the best cornerbacks in the in the league, I sit him because I just the chances <laughs> of him not scoring versus scoring are greater. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking, who can I pick up? And there's so many options. There's people on your waiver who you can still pick up who I would play over Allen Robinson. There's People, there's so many players I would I would play over at Adam Robinson this week. So 
um, yeah, I just I just don't like it. I think it's a fade. Right, Murph, the last sit of the week. Yeah, so I've gone with John Ross, and I like John Ross, by the way. I think he's a good player. Um, and we've had him in our waiver wire columns previously, but that Steelers D has got better with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. They got five turnovers last week. Um, I think they're going to dial up the pressure on Andy Dalton. Um, and then I think with that, you're going to see Andy, and I think with game script as well, I don't think Andy Dalton is going to throw the ball as much as he has been because I think one, they're going to want to get Joe, uh, Joe Mixon running and, and two, I just don't think they're going to get as many series as many plays. So, you know, Andy Dalton has, you know, first two weeks of the season, he threw for, he threw the ball like a hundred times or very close to a hundred times. He dropped that to mid thirties on uh, last week. I expect this to drop a little bit further this week, um, maybe into maybe to 30, maybe 32, that sort of range. So as the targets, um, as the attempts start going down, the targets therefore go down, right? So then you start dipping them up. Um, last week, John, uh, John Ross only had two receptions for 22 yards against Buffalo. Now Buffalo's a good deal. We talked about that. I'd expect this to, to really sort of go up, um, but I don't expect it to jump massively. I think he's... Uh, five receptions for 60, 70 yards kind of guy this week. Um, and then it goes into, is he going to get a touchdown out of that? And so again, he's a kind of a boom or bust touchdown dependent player. And I, you know, what you're starting to get out of this logic for me now is if, if you're touchdown dependent, I'm probably looking at players who are going to get me a safer floor in volume in PPR. So I'm thinking about players who are just going to catch that many balls um, to where I don't need them to get the, the the six points for the touchdown. Obviously, the six points is nice, right? But I'm be looking at players who are going to get seven, eight catches for that kind of number instead of three or four catches for that number. And then all of a sudden, the touchdown doesn't necessarily come into play. And again, there's a lot of guys on the waiver wire who I think you can you can target this week who you can pick up uh, just off the top of my head. Someone like Danny Amendola, someone who I think will get a bit more volume. Uh, and perform a bit better than, than John Ross this week. So um, I still like John Ross. So I'd still hold him. I wouldn't drop him. I just still think he's going to have some value going forward. But uh, this week, I just wouldn't be playing him. I don't think it's a smart matchup for him. And I'm sure you've got better options. Absolutely. I mean, if you're in a real deep league, someone like Preston Williams isn't a bad shout because he's getting loads of targets. So Preston Williams got eight catches last week. So Preston Williams is one of those players. I would absolutely say someone you've got to, to think about picking up because... Preston Williams, you know, he's on a bad offense, right? And he's not going to get you a lot of touchdowns. But if he's getting eight catches for 60 yards every week, that's 14 fancy uh, PPR points. That's not bad as a flex. But that, yeah, so that that's my point is your path to success is much easier with a guy like that because who else is going to catch balls on the Dolphins until Albert Wilson comes back? Probably no one. So he's not really got a lot of volume um, for competition volume. So... Um, this is why people like Trey Quinn, for example, especially if Terry McLaurin doesn't go to Trey Quinn's going to see an uptick in targets because he's the only one that ever competes with uh, McLaurin for targets. Um, he tends to typically lead the Redskins in targets, Trey Quinn, Adam Humphreys. These guys don't go very far, but they get catches and in PPR. That's, you're looking at volume of receptions over yards and that's what's important. So when you've got a guy whose ceiling is capped because they're playing against a good defense like the Alan Robinson and um, John Ross, then you need to look at who, who's perhaps not as good uh, ability-wise or even yards-wise, but who's going to elevate that through volume. 
and we'll get some of these wrong. Like end of the day, it, it would not shock me that John Ross gets a touchdown, but I just don't want to gamble on him getting a touchdown to be my path to success. Whether it's I'd take a more predictive metric such as targets and catches. Fair. That was it. That was the start. We've done it again. This station. We've uh, we've gone through all four quarters. We've burst into overtime. We've gone long, but we came out winners. We always do. Just like the Philadelphia Eagles last night, which is something we didn't talk about. All I'm going to say on last night's game, Adam, Aaron Rodgers, what were you doing? Uh, poor, poor, poor way of, to, to lose a game that. Um, but he did throw for 422 yards. So, you know, yeah, there's something to be said there. Devontae Adams looks like he might have turf toe, so that would be a big blow. Oh, yeah, that would be. Also, I'm a bit disappointed that uh, MVS didn't do as well as he should have done. Yeah, but that's for another day, Murph. We've rolled yes, on. Well done, well done the Eagles to get into 500 and to give uh, the Dallas Cowboys the division in the NFC North. Like, congratulations. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so early to be crowning a, a winner, but there you go. Uh, stranger things have happened. Oof, man, that was good fun. I enjoyed it massively. Yes, same here, brother. Good man, good man. Well, Rush Nation, we appreciate you holding on for the end of the week for Murph and I to grace your ear holes. We will be up with you on Tuesday with the Waver Wire show. Ash and whoever's standing in for Lee, because Lee is currently stateside going to see the Dolphins. So, Lee, if you're listening, enjoy yourself, mate. Ash and somebody, I'm not going to spoil who, will be in your ear holes on Monday evening with the staff takeover. Murph and I will be back Tuesday. Head over to the website, fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out the articles. Follow us on Twitter. Review us on iTunes, please. We would really, really appreciate it. Murph, man, you have a great weekend. Enjoy your football. And I'll Hang on. You on Tuesday. I'm going to give on. you one last bit of breaking news, just because this is important, because you just talked about it. So Ian Rapport has just come through and said, Devontae Adams has had his MRI today on his toe injury. Sources say it's not believed to be serious. Yes. The team will be careful with their star pass catcher, but if he misses time, it may not be much. Oh, well, you can go to bed happy if you own Intervante Adams, like me. I'm going to sleep better tonight through that news. There you go. Appreciate so you uh, cutting in on my breakdown. Uh, <laughs> I felt that was important. It literally just came through the wire and I thought, right, we'll better get that out there because we don't want to put it in there. We don't want to have to copy that one in. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Um, send through any questions you have. We'll try and answer as many of them as we can on the Twitter gram. Um, but just, yeah, good luck this week. Remember, if you're 0-3, it's not over until it's over. Keep grinding we're here to help you if you're three and oh and it's partly because of us you know uh we do accept cash so feel free <laughs> to send that across well talk, talking of that you know you can always head over to patreon find us on patreon and if you if you fancy throwing a few coins into the christmas fund we would greatly appreciate it yes we also need to start getting out some exclusive content which we will do we will going to hopefully go forward with more shows as of next week we apologize for the sort of breaks in service but we are back um and we're back with vengeance the london games are coming we've got some great guests that we're just finalizing to, to come back so uh on the show so you know stay tuned and yeah just keep keep listening to us and we're here to help deliver you championships absolutely you said keep something you said keep something else but I'm going to finish it off now Rush Nation as always until next week keep rushing
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.